الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وأن معهم إلى يوم الدين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الحمد لله we have entered into the final phase this is the concluding session Hopefully it has been two eventful days. Uh, as a concluding session, what we have thought it best to do is to get all the remaining speakers advise us and you for about 10-15 minutes each on aspects of this conference and general words of advice regarding da'wah and what they have observed. And at the end of all that, I would hope to say a few words of announcements regarding some points we need to bear in mind while vacating the halls and also what is needed by me to thank all the people. I'd like to ask Sheikh Jamal Zarabozi to start first. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa shiru'an la ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika la. Wa shiru'an na Muhammadin abduhu wa rasuluhu. Amma ba'd. Alhamdulillah, now we're coming to the close of another conference. That, uh, Alhamdulillah, at least this particular conference, we've been having it now, uh, the brothers have been having it now every two years for a number of years now. Well, I think it's very important, inshallah. That we do our best to try to build upon what we've already started, what we've already established. I think, inshallah, as, I, as I've been here now on a couple of occasions, I want to, I would like to give you, as I'm leaving this time, <clears throat> my impressions of the conference and the people that I know behind it and the kind of activities and the goals that they are setting. And I would like to say, وَلِلَا الْحَمْدِ وَلَا نُزَكِّ عَلَى اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And from what, we, what I've been able to see, and the brothers, alhamdulillah, are working for a very good goal, working in a very positive direction. And they've established something that inshallah can be built upon. And when you have this thing already established and brothers already working and brothers already setting much of the work that needs to be done in the beginning stages and brothers already establishing, let's say, a reputation among scholars throughout the world, throughout the different parts of the world. 
I think that once we've seen the brothers making the sacrifice that is needed to establish this kind of thing and do this kind of work, because this takes hours and hours of sacrifice and hard work and effort and sleepless nights, that it becomes incumbent upon us to appreciate what they have done and to obey the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us and to help one another in aspects of righteousness and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm just mentioning these points because sometimes brothers make the effort to start something and in reality nowadays, in this high-tech age that some of our brothers are so much involved in, <laughs> and if you do not keep improving yourself and growing, then people become disappointed with you and they get bored with you and then they start looking for something else. Well, the only way that you can keep growing and improving is if you get the support of those brothers who have seen what you've done and they'd like what you've done. And if any of you brothers have come to this conference this year or the last, you know, two years ago or the two years prior to that, and you think that these brothers are doing a good job and you appreciate what they've done and you benefited from the conference and you've learned something from the conference and you benefited from the books that they're putting out, then what is keeping you from assisting them and helping them and giving them some of your effort? and sacrificing some of your wealth to help them. And it's not fair of people to just benefit from the Muslim workers and the Muslim organizations and not be willing to give and to help. And we see this in a lot of organizations. I don't know the details of this organization, but I know about other organizations. There's maybe four or five people who are dedicated to it, who are working, and other people are benefiting from it and they're using it to their advantage. But when it comes time to sacrificing or, or giving up of their time or wealth for that organization, they're not willing to do it. They like the organization as long as they're benefiting from it, but they're not willing to help the organization grow and become stronger and be able to meet the needs of the Muslims even better. So because of that, the organization will most likely become weaker. The few brothers who are working in it get burnt out. People expect bigger and better things and they don't have the resources to do bigger and better things. So therefore that organization that was created and started and went inshallah in the right direction and was helping people out now becomes stagnant almost non-existent because those people who benefited from them when it came time for them to help and to assist and to sacrifice to make everyone stronger and to make it reach out to others who haven't benefited yet from that organization they're not willing they're not there and they're not willing to help now I don't think this is what uh, maybe Brother Abu Muntasir, when he made this last session, I don't know. That's, <laughs> he wasn't expecting me to come out and, and to make these kind of statements, I'm sure. 
But this is just something as I sit, you know, in these different conferences and attend different conferences. It is just something that I realize more and more when I see the brothers who are working so hard in these organizations to provide things for the Muslims. We have to realize that if we want these things to be continually to be provided and for these things to get even better and for us to even benefit more from them, we're going to have to sacrifice something on our part. We're going to have to sacrifice some of our time, some of our wealth to inshallah make these organizations even stronger and better. And this message that I'm giving is not just, of course, with respect to this particular organization, but actually almost any Islamic activity, and even the masjid, your local masjid itself. When you see that your masjid, inshallah, is doing good things and going in the right direction, then don't just benefit from them and take from them and use them, but it becomes, I can say, Allah alam that if that's for that to continue to work, it becomes incumbent upon you to also assist and sacrifice and help that masjid, that organization, or whatever the case might be. And in particular though, this organization has now established itself and has been around for many years. But when I come, I see almost the same number or the same brothers who are the ones actively involved, the same brothers who are sacrificing so many hours, not getting any sleep during the conference, so that this conference can be arranged and so forth and can run smoothly. And the people appreciate it when it runs smoothly. If it doesn't run smoothly, they get upset. <laughs> but for it to continue to run smoothly, I advise all of you, inshallah, to make an active effort to support these kinds of activities. And when I mean support them, alhamdulillah, coming to them is one thing, and that's very important. But when you come, you should realize that you're benefiting from it. And one of the greatest, one of the most important aspects of the Muslim is that he is grateful. He has this characteristic of gratitude. As the Prophet ﷺ said, that the one who is not grateful or does not thank mankind or other people, other humans, then he is not thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this gratitude is not just with our tongue, oh, jazakallah khair, very nice job, I hope to see you two years from now. And it should be with our actions, with our wealth and so forth, that we want to help this effort, this Islamic effort, and we appreciate this Islamic effort, and so therefore, we're willing to give our time and our money to also assist. And as I said, it's not just with respect to this organization, but with any kind of Islamic activity, you should realize the importance the importance that you have to support that Islamic activity which you feel is a good Islamic activity. And here, I think this organization in particular, inshallah, is one of those organizations that many brothers have come to, have benefited from, many speakers have come to, and even the speakers when they come, they benefit from this organization. We benefit for example, my, myself, I benefit from beginning able to meet many brothers and talk to many brothers here. I get to meet other speakers and benefit from them. 
So therefore, it's only right that I should be willing to sacrifice my time and sacrifice my money and sacrifice my, some of my efforts to help this organization. Now that they've already done, they've done the groundwork for us, and so now we have to continue to assist them and to help them. And as I said, these are some thoughts that came to my mind as I come here and benefit from this uh, program again. And I just wanted to share those thoughts with you that now is the time, inshallah, for you to also realize that if you are benefiting, then give something back in return. Either sacrifice your time, sacrifice some of your money. I'm sure Abu Muntasir, now I'm speaking on his behalf, he won't mind if you, if you donate to the organization, inshallah. Is there, am, I, am I right in that, inshallah? There'll be no official objection to anyone donating to the organization, inshallah. <laughs> well, I think on that point I've said enough <laughs> in more ways than one, I guess, inshallah. And I will leave the floor to uh, our other brothers maybe to summarize some <coughs> more things related to the topics that went on in this uh, program, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan. Um, I'd like to ask Shaykh Ali Tamimi now to uh, speak. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ba'd. I too, like uh, my dear esteemed brother, Brother Jamal, uh, share many of his feelings as we come to the conclusion of this conference. Uh, it is by Allah's grace and mercy upon me that I've had the opportunity to participate uh, in the last uh, three or four conferences. And I can say truly from my heart that uh, coming here and to these conferences is always something which I look forward to. And I feel it is something which brings me great benefit to sit with my brothers, uh, to hear them, uh, to sit with uh, fellow speakers and benefit from them. And this, of course, brings to mind the ayah which Brother Jamal mentioned and which I'd like to repeat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, commands us as Muslims, as believers, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ That we should cooperate with one another in righteousness, and piety, and not assist one another in sinfulness or aggression. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning those people who will win salvation in the hereafter from human beings, that their qualities, among their qualities after faith and righteous deeds, that they mutually encourage one another to the truth, and they mutually encourage one another to be steadfast. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says that concerning the believers, that they also, that they encourage each other to be steadfast and patient, and they encourage each other to have mercy. And with this in mind, and knowing that our Prophet ﷺ said, that this religion is giving sincere advice 
And he repeated this three times until one of his companions said, Men, To whom should this sincere advice be shown? The Prophet ﷺ said, لِلَّهِ وَلِكِتَابِهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَلِئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَلِعَامَتِهِمْ That it should be shown to Allah, the sincerity to Allah's scripture, to his messenger, to the leaders of the Muslims and their general body. And so, nasiha and encouraging to the truth, encouraging to patience, encouraging to mercy, assisting and cooperating in that which is righteous and that which is piety, not assisting in sinfulness, not assisting in aggression. This is all principles which we as Muslims are required to believe in, develop, and grow in ourselves. And so, if I have some parting words for my brothers, I would like to first begin with parting words to the brothers who organize this conference, that they always remember the importance of purity in their intention and their motives in these activities. And this is not to say that I've noticed that there's an impurity there, but as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind, for reminding benefits the believers. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only accepts of our deeds that which is purely meant for Him. That which is purely meant for Him. And one of the, I would say one of the things that impressed me among the statements of the scholars is when I read one time in Kitab al-Tawheed by Imam Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, where he was commenting on the statement of Allah, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرًا أَنَا Allah's statement in Surah Yusuf where Allah tells the Prophet ﷺ to say, this is my path. I call unto Allah upon basira, sure-sightedness, I and whoever follows me. Shaykh Muhammad derived, he said that in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, commanded the Prophet ﷺ to say, I call, this is my path, I call unto Allah, in that is an indication to ikhlas, purity and intention. For many people might call to the truth, but yet at the same time, they're calling to their own selves. Many people might call to the truth, but in reality, they're calling to themselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَا وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةِ وَذَارِكَ الدِّينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ Allah says, they were only commanded to worship Allah alone, not worshiping anybody else, being pure in their religion to Him, and establish a prayer and give charity. So that's the first point, ikhlas. The second point is that when one completes a good deed, he also must pray unto Allah that Allah accepts that deed for him, from him. And so for the brothers who have worked very hard to bring this conference together and for the participants and for the speakers, we should all go back praying unto Allah, رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ 
O our Lord, accept these deeds from us. You are the one who hears all and knows all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that the Prophet Ibrahim and the Prophet Ismail prayed this prayer after building the Kaaba, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them to rebuild. So if these are two prophets of Allah, and the Prophet Ibrahim is Allah's Khalil, and yet they prayed, O oh Allah, accept this from us, how much more so should we ask Allah for that? And my third advice to the brothers who organize this conference is that they continuously rely upon Allah Azawajal and not rely upon themselves. For whoever relies upon his own efforts will meet failure. But whoever relies upon Allah and puts his trust in Allah, he will meet success. And take this one dua of the Prophet ﷺ, where the Prophet ﷺ said, Allahumma, O oh Allah, la takilni ila nafsi tarfatain. O oh Allah, do not leave me to my own self for even an eye blink, for even a that small moment that it takes to blink your eye. So the believer, and in particular the one who engages in da'wah and wants to spread good between humanity, he must continuously rely and trust in Allah and never rely upon his own means and devices. And my fourth advice to my brothers, my dear brothers, who have stood in this organization and have arranged these conferences for us, that they gather on specific da'wah plans. Many Muslims today have a great desire to engage in da'wah and to engage in good. But we need to gather upon specific da'wah plans. So we may measure our success and learn from our mistakes and see that we're progressing forward. Like having a conference, that is a specific da'wah activity or plan. Now one, the brothers who've organized this conference can say how successful we were, did we meet our goals, did we feel that we were able to spread the knowledge we were hoping to spread amongst the people, so forth and so on. So Muslim organizations need to have continuously, need to have specific da'wah plans. And as far as my advice to my brothers who are participants in this conference, whether us as speakers or the brothers who are listeners, the brothers and sisters, is that we also remember the obligation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon us to cooperate with our brothers upon righteousness and taqwa. And from what is apparent to us, I think we would all be in agreement that what we see that this activity and the similar activities which the brothers are engaged in are, insha'Allah ta'ala, it is quite clear that these are activities of righteousness, of birr and taqwa. And so therefore it behooves us as Muslims to assist and cooperate with them because Allah has commanded us that. Not because Shaykh Jamal said so, or because Shaykh Wajji will say so, or anyone else. No, because Allah, Azza wa Jal, our Creator, has commanded us to this. And in this cooperation with the brothers, it takes many forms. One, as Brother Jamal mentioned, 
is that of al-nusr, giving sincere advice to the brothers. A Muslim is always in need of sincere advice. And when we give advice, it's not to point out faults, to say that, well, I didn't like this in the conference, you should have done it like this or like that. No, that's not, the, that's not advice. Advice means that you show your sincerity and assist in getting the matter which you want to amend, amended. Not that you just say something and go. That's not nasiha. Nasiha comes when a person has that outpouring from his heart and truly feels and wants to rectify and wants to amend. And as I mentioned, the Prophet said, our deen is nasiha. It's built on nasiha and nothing else. And likewise, the Prophet likewise, the second matter, excuse me, is that in part of this cooperation is that we must spread the knowledge which we learned here. Even if you just learned one matter, spread it. Tell people. Say, I went and I learned such and such. The Prophet used to address, and then he used to say, let those who are present spread to those, inform those who are not present. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to give da'wah unto Allah. I and whoever follows me, the ayah in Surah Yusuf says. So as a follower of the Prophet Muhammad if you've now learned something, spread it. Tell people. The third matter is that of spending. That we must assist our Muslim organizations by giving. Because these organizations cannot continue to function without resources. And in this world that we live in, we know that events like these are very expensive. I mean, the video link-up that the brothers have set up so that the sisters may have their own place and listen to the lectures. I mean, do you think that's just a cheap activity? That's very expensive. Renting a university for a weekend, is that a cheap activity? That's very expensive. Paying for tickets for speakers to come from all different corners of the world, that's an expensive activity. Subsidizing the meals and having the brothers you know, prepare that, that's also an expensive activity. And this organization, as the brothers have mentioned in their pamphlet, and as I know from being invited for a number of years, is an independent organization. They do not receive any support or any assistance from any official body. It's all the efforts of you and me and the brothers, all our efforts collectively to assist uh, our brothers. And so therefore, we need to assist our brothers, not only by giving them nasiha and spreading the knowledge which we've learned here, but also by donating, also by donating. And this is something which is important and that we must fulfill and assist our brothers in. And part of this cooperation with them is that we work with them. Every single one of us has a role. I mean, even if a brother said or a sister said, well, I really have nothing to offer but helping the brothers 
clean up the university after we finish this conference so that we leave a good impression to the unbelievers and show that us as Muslims, we are people who respect what we are given to use and we return it back in the proper form. That's a good deed in itself. And I'm sure with an audience this large, we can think of many ways to cooperate. But if we cannot think of anything but that, then we should just do at least that. And somebody shouldn't say, well, cleaning something, that's pretty non-significant deed. But actually, something as small as that, which we might think is insignificant, might be great with Allah Azawajal. We know from the seerah of the Prophet wasallam that there used to be a woman who used to clean the Prophet's masjid, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And one day, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't notice her cleaning around the masjid. So he asked his companions, where is this woman? They said, O Messenger of Allah, she died last night, so we buried her and we didn't want to wake you and disturb you. The Prophet was disturbed by this and he said, point me to her grave. And then he stood and continued to, or he made uh, prayer uh, for her. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani says, I searched all the books of hadith and seerah and I couldn't find her name. I couldn't find her name. Imagine this. Here is a woman who, she used to clean the message of the Prophet and we don't even know what her name was. And yet, that simple deed, which we might consider to be insignificant, was so great in the eyes of the Prophet ﷺ that when she died, the Prophet ﷺ was disturbed that they didn't wake him in the nighttime. And he said, point me to our grave. And the Prophet ﷺ himself then went there and made janazah and dua for her. So that shows us that we should not consider a form of assistance as something insignificant. No, every form of assistance is significant, even if it means just helping the brothers clean this university afterwards. And I think there are forms of assistance that we can help the brothers throughout the years, which are great indeed, which we can then enjoy with them, inshallah ta'ala, the great rewards that a person can get from working for Islam. The next point, which I'd like to advise myself and my brothers is, as Sheikh Jamal mentioned, the point of showing gratitude to our brothers. The Prophet ﷺ says, he is ungrateful who does not show gratitude towards the people. In other words, in order for you to be grateful to Allah, in order to be grateful to Allah, you must show gratitude to the people. And as Brother Jamal mentioned, gratitude is not lip service. Not just saying, Jazakallah khairan. Yes, saying Jazakallahu Khairan, truly from one's heart, that Allah rewards you brothers with the best, that's a form of gratitude to them. But there is another form of gratitude, which is the gratitude in work. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ tells us that if somebody gives you something, if somebody assists you in something, and you do not 
are not able to repay him in that, continue to make dua for him until you feel that you've repaid for him. And that brings me to my final point. That we should, all of us, continue to make dua for our brothers who are working for our religion to teach us, who organize these events, and among whom, of course, are our brothers here in Jamas. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them with the best in this world and the hereafter. And with this, I conclude my words, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our sins and accept our good deeds and enter us into his paradise and protect us from his fire. الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters I have some observations, common observations that I would like to share with you. Jazamullah khair, brother, you know, Sheikh Jamal and Sheikh Ali, uh, they said most of the things that I really wanted to share with you, but I have some observations uh, that I would like also to share with you. I have noticed that, and this is a common observation throughout the Islamic, entire Islamic world, that Muslims, they need fast solutions. The brother, when he presents his question, he would open up by saying, I have a very quick question, fast question. And when you listen to the question, it's a major problem, really. It's not something minor. It's a major problem that even scholars would, you know, uh, need some time to think about these issues. And the brother, he just wants uh, an immediate solution for his problem. So we live, I understand, we live in the fast world. Everything is fast, fast food, fast knowledge, everything is fast. But we have to realize, brothers, that we must take an action in order to establish anything Islamic. We have to take an action. Muslims nowadays, they tend to resemble the Christians. They want something to descend from heavens. Something ready, anything ready, school, ready school, ready community, so they can just join, register. Muslims are very good in registering. They go and register, you know, and join something which is ready. But we are not ready really to take an action. Trust me, brothers, how many Muslims do we have in the West here? I mean, generally speaking. If just 50% of the Muslims decided to fear Allah and take a position toward riba. Do you know what would happen? The insurance companies, the banking system, all those people, you for, in their sight, customers. So they lost 50% of their Muslim customers. I'm not exaggerating. Wallahi, they will be ready to study Sharia in order to find you a solution. Right? 
they might be looking after the brothers here to hire them to find solutions. You know, please, we're losing the Muslims. They don't want to join. But the thing is, we join, we buy a house, buy riba, and we get involved in many haram things, and then we expect a brother, a da'i, a student of knowledge to solve the problem. In just a lecture, fast, quick question, what is the answer? Give me an answer. And they make us as if we're guilty. You know, as if we're the ones who are enjoying the house or the car. <laughs> right, Chef? <laughs> I mean, the brother says, you know, you have to find me a solution. <laughs> it's not my problem. Yes, you see, and this is another, that will lead us to another observation, which is very serious. Muslims, they seek knowledge after they do the haram. He would go and, you know, sign any deal and enjoy it. And after six months, he'll try to find out whether it's permissible or not. This is, reminds me of some people who go for hajj. He'll be saving money and fly for hours. And after he finishes his hajj completely... Then he want to find out if whatever he did was right or not. <laughs> Wallahi, that what happens. This is not a joke. I mean, you know, I, I come, you know, through this every year, every year. Muslims say, brother, why didn't you ask before you stoned? Why you go stone and then go to the sheikh, ask him, sheikh, I stoned before, uh, you know, maghrib. Is that fine or not? You should have asked first. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So if you don't know, you ask before you do, and what's going on now, what's happening, that Muslims, they do first, and then they try to find out. And not, even, they're not even ready to rectify what happened, but they want just a solution. You just give them an answer, and that's what you should do. So, we have to take an action, brothers. And the best action, the most practical action, is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we all fear Allah, and just at least... I'm not saying this is another stage that to avoid doubtful things. Just let's stay away from the clear haram. The, the haram which is clear, bayin. Like the Prophet ﷺ said, al-halal bayin, al-haram bayin. Just let's stay away from the clear haram. This is our major problem. Once we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and stay away from the haram al-bayin, then inshallah we'll go to the next step and stay away from the shubuhat. The doubtful things. And this is, once we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, trust me, wallahi, our enemy will try to find the solutions because we, he just wants, uh, the, the enemy wants our money. He doesn't care whether he does it according to sharia or according to man-made law or anything. But the thing is, we, the Muslims, are not ready to take an action and really fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And especially the issue of riba. It's very I mean, amazing to me that the Muslims, they know the seriousness of this crime, of this sin. This is an authentic narration. Just one dirham of riba that you get involved in is worse than committing 36 zina. This is an authentic narration. And there's another narration that the Prophet ﷺ said, 
الزنا الربا بضع وسبعون شعبة أدناها مثل إتيان الرجل أمه وإن أربى الربا استطالة الرجل في عرض أخيه المسلم That riba is some 60 categories the least the least of those categories in sin is as if committing zina with your mother that's the least that, يعني, of 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 sin that you will get from just one you know uh, the least form of zina of um, riba so it's very serious brothers you are declaring harp against allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is something very serious and muslims must fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, seek knowledge and find you know, the proper solutions and ask the people of knowledge before they get involved. Uh, another observation, um, brothers, that... Or mashallah, it's been covered. I don't, I don't want to repeat it one more time, but I would like to add to what the brothers said, Jazakumullah khair, that we have to be grateful to our brothers here who made this gathering possible. I remember they contacted me maybe five months ago. You know, they'd be following up, you know, making sure that I'll be on time and I'll come. And I'm sure that they have done the same thing with all the speakers. So your brothers have been working, I mean, days, days, and maybe from the last year they started working and arranging for this gathering. So you can all come together and benefit. And the meaning of the hadith, those who are not grateful to people are not grateful to Allah. It's very beautiful meaning. You know, if let's say that I made it very clear to you that I don't drink water. And brother Abu Muntasir said, I'm thirsty. So if you're not going to give water to the one who needs water, you're not going to give me water. For sure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He doesn't need our thanks. We need it. Allah said, وَمَنْ يَشْكُرْ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ He, whoever expresses his shukr, whoever is grateful, he is grateful for his own soul. Allah doesn't need it. However, people need to hear thank you. It means a lot to them. Even though they do it for the sake of Allah, but they need to hear it. So the Prophet ﷺ is telling us that those who do not say thank you, those who do not say we are grateful to their brothers, they will never be grateful to Allah. They will never be grateful to Allah. Because if they don't give it to those who need it, they will never give it to the Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala who doesn't need our thanks. So, again, I have to emphasize that being grateful has many forms. You just thank you and shaking hands is one way. That's the practical, easiest way to do. But we need brothers to put some donations to help the brothers. And really it hurts me when I feel that we sometimes have to beg Muslims to do what they're supposed to do. It's, it's really very painful that we ask the brothers to do what they are supposed to do without even asking. I mean, we don't have Sheikh Jamal or Ali or myself or the brothers who will come after us. We really do not have to tell you that. You know, maybe just to remind you, that's fine. But we must feel that this is wajib on us. Like when the brothers called me and asked me to come, 
I feel like, you know, it's, they're asking me to do something which is mandatory. I'm not doing you a favor by coming here. I'm, I'm doing a form of worship. This is, I'm worshiping Allah. And I'm grateful to the brothers who allowed me to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gave me this opportunity to worship Allah by teaching whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught me. So, no one is doing anyone a favor. We all doing, playing our role and fulfilling our duties. So please, brothers, do not leave. رُبَّ دِرْهَمٍ سَبَقَ مِئَةَ This is a beautiful hadith. Maybe one dirham, what is it, uh, pence or cent, that would, in the scale of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, exceed or overweight millions of, of, of pounds or dollars. Why? Because this cent or penny or whatever you want to call it, this small amount of money, for someone, it's almost half of his wealth. If someone has two cents, and he gives out one cent, that's half of his wealth. This man might overweight what a wealthy millionaire Muslim, when he gives out 100,000 pounds or a million pounds, because really he has given something, you know, which is very, you know, nominal for him. So brothers, you know, don't say, well, it's, um, I'll be embarrassed to give out 5 or 10 or 50 pounds. No, you should not. Anything that you would like to participate with and help your brothers, and again, don't make us look like we're begging the Muslims to do what they have to do. I want all of us to feel that this is uh, the least we can do. That's the least we can do to help the brothers and help this wonderful organization to continue keeping and doing this beautiful work. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from all of us our good deeds and to help us to benefit and turn and transfer all the information that we have received into knowledge. Because if you remember, I mentioned to you that information is still information. Once we bring it to practice, once we implement that information, it's knowledge now. I really I forgot also to thank the thank and pray for the family of our late Mubarak brother. Rahimahullah. Uh, it's really a blessing for that family to have Salatul Janaza performed by we assume inshallah ahadan the most religious people in this in this country. And this is a blessing, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed for that man to die and pass. So this gathering will attend his salah and pray and ask Allah to forgive him. I really, for myself, I desire to die in such an environment where the pious Muslims and those who came seeking knowledge would stand behind me and pray and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. would like to thank them all and pray for their father and pray for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him paradise. Jazakumullah. I think I'm expecting... Sorry. Jazakumullah. I'm expecting the uh, other three speakers to arrive very shortly now. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Salatu wassalam ala rasulillah. 
وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه ومن اتبع هداه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Brothers and sisters in Islam Alhamdulillah We are approaching the closing of this conference Successful conference insha'Allah by Allah's grace May Allah reward those who are behind it organizers who did not spare any effort <clears throat> and my advice insha'Allah for you today and for myself that in order for the da'wah to continue it needs fuel and the fuel for the da'wah for the vehicle of the da'wah is the sincerity ikhlas if we are not sincere, all your efforts and all our efforts will be vain. So the driving force for the da'wah is the ikhlas. That you are doing the da'wah, seeking by that only Allah's pleasure. Not for showing off. Not for people to say, MashaAllah, this and that. No. We are, and you do think, and don't say that I have done this and this for, for Allah. No. You do it for Allah's sake and you don't talk about it. It is your duty. So the ikhlas is very important. Da'wah without ikhlas equal failure. But there is a class, even little efforts, small efforts. Allah will bless these efforts. The kuffar, they are spending billions and billions and billions of dollars for spreading their kufr. As we've been told by many da'is, they went to Africa and they found many Muslims became Christians. And just for a few days, they talked to them, all of them came back. Subhanallah. Because Christianity, the kufr has, as I told you last night, no root. But they are exploiting the need of the people. They are just wasting their money and their efforts. So if there is ikhlas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless the efforts. And the second point I would like to shed light upon is seeking religious knowledge. Talab al-ilm. If you want to worship Allah properly, and if you want to <coughs> remain steadfast on the path of Islam, you need to seek the religious knowledge in order to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And seeking religious knowledge, that means you have to seek it in the proper way. Upon the hands of the scholars, under the scholars, the men of knowledge, those scholars who are deeply rooted, those who have the profound knowledge, not the shallow one and the superficial one. The old people, the people who know the deen, the knowledge of Quran and Sunnah, because we, knowledge, as you know, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his book, Fa'lam annahu la ilaha illallah. Know that there is no God worthy of being worshipped but Allah. Imam Bukhari in his sahih, he put a title of one of the chapters, Knowledge precedes actions. Bab al-ilm qabla al-qawli wal-amal precedes utterances and actions. Knowledge first. So you need to know your deen. And subhanallah, when we read the biographies of, the, of our pious predecessors, the salaf, they used to travel many, many times for seeking the knowledge. One of them said, I have drank my urine many times out of thirst. No water. So I drank my own urine. And they were truffling, seeking their religious knowledge. Scholars are saying, knowledge, you dedicate all your lifetime for the knowledge and you'll get only part of the knowledge. All your life span is dedicated for seeking the religious knowledge and you will get only part of it. And we give part of our time for the knowledge and we expect to have it all. And you find people here, they don't know anything about the deen, they don't know the basics of the deen and they have big mouths and they talk about scholars. They are pro-government, they are this, they are that. They don't know what they are talking about. They don't know that the flesh of the scholars is poisonous. If to make ghibah against any Muslim is haram, imagine a scholar, an heir of the prophethood, an inheritor of the prophets. And you know the inheritance of the prophets is the ilm. And the Prophet is not, he said, he's not from us, the one who does not respect our scholars. So we have to seek the religious knowledge and knowledge has to go gradually, step by step. Okay? Many of us, maybe they have been reading for years, but now if you ask him a question, he cannot, a simple question, he cannot. Why? Because in his way, his method of seeking the religious knowledge is not systematic. Reading this book, reading that book, uh, portion from here, portion from here. So at the end, what he has is only something, information. Nothing solid. He doesn't have that solid knowledge. Because the way, the, the method which he sought the knowledge is not systematic. So you have to go gradually, step by step. The third thing that we have to abide ourselves and adhere ourselves to the book of Allah and to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ upon, between double quotes, the understanding of the pious predecessors. Upon the understanding of the Sahaba, the Salaf al-Salih. Upon the understanding of the second generation. Upon the understanding of the third generation. There are deviant thoughts. There are deviant sects around. Everyone is spreading his deviation. Everyone is claiming that he is on the right track. And they are using different slogans. And many of them, they are saying, we are following the way of the Salaf. Everyone. We have a saying in Arabic, Everyone claims that Layla loves me and Layla doesn't care about them. Okay? Many. Everyone is claiming that. Everyone. 
but the truth remains on the carpet. There is, there is a touch of stone where we can find who is truthful, who is not truthful. So to go and understand this deal upon the understanding of the three generations. Don't say, well, it's not necessary to abide myself to their understanding. They are men and we are men and we have the ability to understand the deen. No way. How can you understand the deen better than Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali? What is this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he praised them. Allah is happy with them. Allah granted them the Jannah, the paradise. What do you think? Do you think they were naive? They don't have the knowledge? No. And the Prophet when he said, my ummah is going to be divided into three, 73 sects, only one which is going to be delivered. And when they asked him, he said, those who are upon what I am upon today, and those who come and follow your footsteps, and understand the deen the way you understood it. Why many people, they diverted and deviated? The Mu'tazalites, the Ash'aris, and the Matridis, and all these things. Because they don't want to understand the deen as the Sahaba understood the deen. The Khawari, the Kharijites, who came to Ali and said, you are kafir. He said, why? He said, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, in hukum illa lillah. Judgment belongs only to Allah. And you have appointed two judges. Okay? To settle the dispute between Ali and Muawiyah. And the book is saying, the judgment belongs only to Allah. So Ali, he said, kalimatu haqq urida biha batil. Okay? What you have said is true. This word is true, that judgment belongs only to Allah. Allah is the judge. But, your understanding of this ayah is not true. It's not correct. And what you meant is meant you meant you don't mean the, you didn't mean the truth. You meant falsehood, battle. Then what he did, Ali radiallahu he put the mushaf in front of them, and he said, "Oh mushaf, please judge between us. Will the mushaf judge by itself, or the men who understand what is in the mushaf?" When Ibn Abbas, then that's why Ali sent Ibn Abbas to the Khawarij. And there were about 12,000 in Harura in Iraq. So Ibn Abbas came. So this, their speakers, when they saw Ibn Abbas, they said, hey, this is the interpreter of the Quran. Please don't argue with Ibn Abbas. Say, no way, we will. Huh? Like many of us, why? Well, this man, many people here are deviant in this country. And you find maybe those brothers who are enthusiastic. We want to see him. We will argue with him. And he goes, they go to him, and he immediately uh, changed their mind. Akhi, you should not go to the people of deviation. Run away from them. Because they are very dangerous. And that what you are going to hear, you are going to hear a lot of shubhat. Doubts, they will just put doubt into your mind. So run away. Don't confront them. Let the people of knowledge meet them. So Ibn Abbas, he came. He said, what, what are the things that you have against Ali? He said, well, uh, he, he uh, made the men to judge and to settle the dispute. He said, subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if a woman, uh, in this is called Nishuz, uh, she is angry with her husband, then you have to send 
a judge from her family and a judge from the family, family of the husband in order to reconcile them. So which is more important, okay, to maintain the marriage or to stop the bloodshed? Which one is more important? Of course, to stop the Muslims from killing each other. And, of course, the debate went on. And then they said, why didn't Ali take the women of, her, of those who fought him as captives? Sabaya. Those who fought him, why didn't he take the women as captives? So Ibn Abbas said, who wants Aisha to be his share? Hmm? Who wants Aisha, the mother of the believer, to be his, huh? his share? So they kept quiet. So around 10,000 of them came back with Ibn Abbas. And they left the Khawarij. So you have to abide yourself to the book of Allah upon the understanding of the Sahaba. This is very important. Also, one of the slogans of the missionary. The missionaries, they have plans and strategies. The Pope is boastfully saying, the Pope of Rome, by year 2000, Africa should be all of them, all the inhabitants of Afri the, Afri uh, the continent of Africa be Christians by year 2000. This is their plan. And they're saying, pay one dollar and you convert a Muslim. We make him a kafir, take him out from the fold of Islam. Just one dollar. And they're doing that. They're spending their money. And when it comes to the matter of infaq, the Muslims, they become stingy. They don't want to spend. Christianity as we know, has nothing to offer you. So nevertheless, there are many people accepting Christianity. And maybe some Muslims, they leave Islam and become Christian. Because of need, they come to him. So they give him food, they give him medicine, at the same time, the Bible. Okay? They, in, they come to the children, and they keep the children hungry. So the children will start, when they, are, they want food, Crying for food? Say, okay, ask Muhammad now to send you food. So the children innocently say, oh, Muhammad, give me food. So no food comes. But now say, say, oh, Jesus, give me. Oh, Jesus. The sweets and everything is coming. That's what they're doing. So, I repeat what Dr. Taqiyuddin al-Hilali, rahimahullah, said. When he said, it's Christianity, men without religion, and Islam, religion without men. So we need to spend, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised, where he says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلَ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِئَةُ حَبَّةٍ وَاللَّهُ يُضَاعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ Which means, the similitude, the parable of those who spend their wealth in Allah's way, is as the parable of a grain which grows seven ears. In each ear, a hundred grains. Allah gives increase manifold to whom He wills 
Allah is all-embracing, all-knowing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us this similitude, this parable. If you give one dirham, it, Allah will multiply it for you. Even not only that, the Prophet ﷺ say, even if it is in the size of the date, Allah will multiply it and make it until it reaches the size of the Mount of Uhud. Aisha radiallahu anha used to soak the dirham into perfume. The dirham, she will soak it in the perfume. And she will give it to the poor person. And she will make her hand below the hand of the poor. Because he doesn't want the poor to feel that his, her hand is above it. Because the upper hand is better than the lower hand. So she will just keep like this and he will take the dirham. So because she said, because I'm doing it only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because she said, before, before it falls on the, on the palm of the, of the, of the, of the poor, poor person, it falls in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, and the Prophet ﷺ also said, مَا نَقَصَ مَالٌ مِّن صَدَقَةٍ قَطْ مَا نَقَصَ That wealth will never be reduced. It will not decrease if you spend for Allah. Allah will multiply it. Yes, we need to have yaqeen. We have to have yaqeen. Allah, will not, this, this wealth will not be uh, reduced or decreased. It will multiply, it will increase. Every day, every day, Two angels descend. One will say, Oh Allah, Allahumma ati munfiqan khalafa. The one who spends, Oh Allah, bless his wealth. And the other one says, Allahumma ati mumsikan talafa. Oh Allah, the one who withholds, the one who doesn't spend, ruin his wealth. Every day, two angels. Also, back home, we have cans, sealed cans, and there's a slot for the coins. This can you keep inside your house. And your children, train your children to spend every day. Every day. They spend and put something. So when this can is full, we give it to those who need. One of the brothers who's doing this, may Allah reward him. He said, I reached one of the families. And when I gave her the money, she cried. He said, have you delayed a few minutes? I would have committed adultery. You just reach in time out of need. So these cans, this idea, inshallah, of the cans, you should implement, inshallah. And when it is full, give it. And you should have a list and organizations like this organization, mashallah, help them. So we have to develop this attitude of spending fi sabilillah azza wa jal. And the last point I'd like to mention is having good character. Good character. Alhamdulillah, you have heard a lot on this conference. And you gained some knowledge, alhamdulillah. But what you have heard, or what we have gained in this conference, it is just like snacks. You know the snacks? Fast food, sandwiches. Okay? So this is not enough. So that's why you have to dedicate your time to seek the knowledge, inshallah. But at the same time, we have to improve our character. Our khuluq. Prophet ﷺ said as in Bukhari and Muslim, he is saying, the dearest, the dearest, the most beloved one, and nearest to me on the day of judgment, you will be very close to the Prophet ﷺ. To me among you on the day of resurrection, 
is the best of you in morals, in character. What else do you want, Akhi? If you are having good character, you will be very close to the Prophet ﷺ. The heaviest thing on the scale, on the balance, on the day of judgment is having good character. That's the heaviest thing. The Prophet's character was Al-Quran, as Aisha anha said. Also, we have to get rid of this vice. It's not a virtue, it is vice. Inquisitiveness. Many of us are inquisitive. They don't mind their own business. They are curious. So they ask about things that, that, that they don't, these things do not concern them. And they want to know. Even if two are talking together, what did he tell you? Subhanallah. See? To that extent. See what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. He's saying none of you uh, he said, part Part of someone's being a good Muslim is his leaving alone that which does not concern him. Things that do not concern you, why should you involve yourself? You find many of us, they talk in issues, they are above our heads, really. Above our heads. And they're talking about these issues. And the basics, he doesn't know. He is labeling people. He is giving judgment. This one is, is not in the fold of the Ahl Sunnah. He's out of the fold of Ahl Sunnah. Maybe this is, he is deviant. Just like that. Subhanallah. So, we have to implement this hadith. Part of someone's being a good Muslim is his leaving alone that which does not concern him. Always ask for something that you will benefit. Something will bring you closer to Allah. And anything, believe me, brothers and sisters, listening to these riba and uh, evil talks, all these things, they harden the heart. Believe me. They harden the heart and weaken the iman. One of the brothers, I was really uh, astonished when he told me there are sisters, sisters, Wearing the hijab and niqab, mashaAllah. And now they left everything. And they went back to jahiliyyah. Why? Because of this fitan which they hear. Many, they are confused. No, akhi, don't be confused. The deen is clear. Be upon the right track. Be upon the deen of the Prophet ﷺ, according to understanding of the salaf. And the Quran and sunnah, they are available among us. And... Contact the scholars, the people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have the knowledge. Okay? Don't just, don't be, some people, they, they, they are always impressed. If they see someone who speaks huh, eloquently and uh, he has, mashallah, mastered the English language or something, he has a little bit of knowledge, say, mashallah, he's a alim. That's why many of us, of you, are calling us ulama. Because they don't know the reality. Huh? We are not ulama. So I, I warn you from this being impressed by such a person. No, accept from him if he, what he's saying is correct. That's it. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward him, inshallah. <clears throat> and I think uh, I took a lot of time. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all of us, increase us in knowledge, and to protect you in this country. And inshallah, you cooperate upon... Uh, 
enjoining what is right and forbid what is wrong, insha'Allah, and put your hand in hand. We have a saying in Arabic, say, uh, one hand cannot clap, can never clap. You have, have one hand only, I cannot clap, I need two hands. Which means I need your hand as a brother to help me. And may Allah protect all of you and increase our knowledge in Islam. Amen. Salaamu alaykum wa